Welcome, my friends, back to another episode of JRAG Talks. I'm your host, JRAGS. Today, I'm joined by a new co-host and my lifelong personal friend, Henry Pascal, a.k.a. Hank. Today, we are going to be discussing a very popular video game that had dropped out of nowhere in, what was it, 2019, I believe? Somewhere around there. Uh, Apex Legends. Apex Legends originally started out as a BR game exclusively, but later on its life cycle started adding more game modes called LTMs, limited time modes. One of these LTMs that they had added, however, was called Arenas, which turned into a permanent game mode. So Apex Legends now consists of both a Battle Royale as well as a three-on-three arena game mode. So the first subject we would like to address with you today is more of the backstory and the start of Apex Legends and how Apex Legends is a so-called spin-off game from the popular Titanfall franchise. So um, with Apex, it started off with Blisk. Um, he was the main antagonist in Titanfall 2. Not sure about one. I haven't played a lot of one. Uh, one didn't have an official campaign. It was uh, all multiplayer, except they s- introduced a sort of campaign in the multiplayer, but that was very a very loose campaign. Uh, Titanfall Two is where they really added in both multiplayer and a campaign. Yeah, Blisk uh, started recruiting legends, as they are called. And uh, we first get introduced to these legends through said trailers that as the game progressed, they would add in more and add in more lore and background to these other legends, making the games more intricate and having more voice lines and customizations to go with the backstories of these legends. Um, One of the considered first legends, as many people say, is actually Wraith because she saw the King's Canyon map before anyone else because she escaped the facility there that was on the map. That is true, yes. Uh, Going back to the Titanfall 2 origins, as Henry had mentioned, back in Titanfall 2, we got to meet Blisk and his gang of pilots known as the Apex Predators, which if you were an Apex Predator, that was a very high honor due to you only being able to get an invite from uh, Blisk. Uh, throughout both Titanfall and Apex, we can see Blisk giving out Apex Predator cards. In Titanfall 2, they were originally given so you could join the Apex Predators mercenaries, but now in Apex, when you get an Apex Predator card, you join the Apex games. So yeah, and um, along with that, we saw the protagonist of Titanfall 2 Jack Cooper get a get one of these cards and as far as we know of he hasn't said redeemed the card yet so we don't know what could be happening with him and that's how actually and in Apex Legends that's how most of the legends have gotten recruited or have joined the games some legends have hacked their way into the games or found loopholes and got into the games that way too so anyways our next subject will be the quote-unquote legends or playable characters from Apex Legends. Uh, at the start of Apex Legends, there was about eight, eight or ten. Eight, I think, because at the start, we had everyone's favorite recon legend, yeah, Bloodhound. 
And we had Gibraltar, Wraith, Pathfinder. Uh, let's see. We had Lifeline. Life, yep. Caustic and Caustic and Mirage, and th- and you had to work to get towards them. They were they were the first purchase purchase characters in the game. So with that, and then they've added in twelve legends. Because we're in season 12, so it'd be 12 Legends. 12 more Legends, yeah. Yep. The first Legend that was added to the games was Octane. He was the first Legend that came from a, that came from a season. Or pre-season. I don't remember what quite it was. I think it was a season. And then so, with that, um, they try and release a Legend every single season. To kind of forward the story. And recently, we... Uh, the legend we got this year actually linked back to a past season in one of the legends that we will talk about here soon for personal picks. As well as when they introduce some new legends, they even make some callbacks to Titanfall 2, like the my personal favorite, Valkyrie. Uh, she's a callback to Titanfall 2 because her dad was one of the Apex Predator mercenaries known as Viper, who uh, Jack Cooper and bt basically violently murdered in a fight and so if they were to ever introduce jack cooper the interactions between him and valkyrie would be a very interesting thing to watch and see how they would introduce that into the game and even upon that if they add in blisk the mastermind behind the whole game's that that could also add in a lot more potential to the game and seeing what could happen in that too. And so many more voice lines due to the legends always being under him since he has been the mastermind behind the whole deal. So anyways, we're going to get into our top picks for each four categories and then our personal uh, legend, also known as our main, the one that we play the most. Uh... So the four classes are Recon, Defense, Assault, and Support. Uh, The class with the least amount is Support, with only two being both Lifeline and Loba. But anyways, we'll get into our top picks right now. So for me, uh, my top Recon Legend has to be Valkyrie. I quite enjoy playing her due to her advanced movement, her... Uh, ultimate helps you get out of very tight situations and if you get caught in the ring and start taking damage and have your ultimate ready you can fly out of there quite quickly Uh, with her passive she has two passives Uh, when you are jumping out of the dropship into the map uh, you can see other enemies highlighted see exactly where they're landing you can see uh, where the champion from the last game is landing stuff like that but then her tactical sends out a swarm of rockets to damage and disorientate the enemies Uh, my favorite defense and my top pick for defense would have to be watson Uh, what she does is her passive she can use ultimate accelerants which helps you gain your ultimate ability faster she can use them faster and it gives her more per each use her tactical is a electric barrier fence that when an enemy goes through it, it damages them and slows them uh, drastically. Uh, However, when you try and walk through it, the 
electric part of the fence disappears, so then you can walk through it without being harmed. Same with your teammates. And then her ultimate ability is... I don't know what you would call it, but it's this little thing that rides around on her back that she deploys. And when it's deployed, it can take out airstrikes and grenades from midair, as well as recharge your legend shield over a period of time. Uh, for assault, I would have to choose Fuse, also known as the demo man of the game. His passive allows him to carry two grenades per backpack slot, whereas only uh, where normal legends can only hold one grenade per, per backpack slot. Uh, his tactical is known as a knuckle cluster. It's basically a grenade you fire out that shoots out a bunch of more mini grenades that explode. You do not want to get caught in the crossfire of this because once you do, you better hope you have something to heal your shields and more than likely your health with, especially if you get hit with both of them. Now, his ultimate is known as the mother load it's this big big hurricane thing here he has on his back that when he pulls out shoots a ring of fire into the air to surround the enemies and trap them and if they touch this ring of fire well obviously they're going to get lit up uh be wary though when using this both your tactical and ultimate can hurt you very much and not something you want to get caught in but your teammates are not affected by them uh, my favorite support in my top pick for a support legend out of the two that we have would have to be Loba. This is because her passive lets her see both purple and uh, gold tier loot through walls up to a certain distance, which is very helpful for knowing if you missed any good tier loot or anything of the sorts. Her tactical is this teleportation bracelet that when she throws out when it comes in contact with the ground, you are allowed to teleport to said place where the bracelet landed. Her ultimate is a black market, where you can choose two items within a certain distance of said black market to choose from and take from the ground loop, which is very helpful so you know what's nearby in case you want to go find it, hunt down if you grab two other things. But if you need some quick ammo, you're able to take as much ammo as you need. Uh, you can take guns, attachments, healing items, everything from it. Now, in general, my favorite legend would have to be Valkyrie. She is the legend I have the most playtime with, the most kills with. Uh, honestly, just fits my playstyle pretty well. As I said earlier, she's a recon legend. She can scan survey beacons, which are little devices that recon legends can scan around the map. To allow you to see when the, where the next circle closing will be which can really help you in mid to end game so you know exactly where you have to be so the enemies can't catch you off guard within the ring okay and then um so for me i have my own personal favorite we, we do have some of the same but i'm gonna start with recon um my favorite recon is crypto I like how it works. I like how you can have basically a surveillance without actually being like using it constantly. I like how he uses his drone and like how much uses the drone has due to grabbing teammates' banners and reviving them instantly. How he does, he, how he can go through doors, unlock them, open up crates, and uh, auto scan the survey beacons. 
and I love how he, he can slow down, destroy, and uh, de deal damage to shields. Uh, he can destroy traps and electric fences and sometimes ultimates as well, depending on which legend it is. My favorite defensive legend is Gibraltar, or as most people know him as Gibby. I like him because I just like rushing into into things when I'm a defensive legend or just know that I can with the abilities that I have. Gibraltar can, um, he can easily go into fights with his arm shield which has 50 extra, which can take 50 damage before falls, or even with his dome shield which is giant dome and nothing can hurt you within, out, that's outside the dome, but if they enter and they can easily hurt you. And then his ultimate is also really handy in tight situations, or if the enemy team's taking cover, you can easily flush him out with it. My favorite assault is Fuse. I um I like him due to him being able to push enemies out of cover, being able to get those long distance throws other characters cannot get. And at the same time, I enjoy using him because he fits my main playstyle, and he fits into it very well. Um, one ability um, my friend did forget here is that he can throw grenades a whole lot further than other legend, other legends, like across the map further, if you angle it correctly. Um, my favorite support is the same as Jay, as in Loba. Um, I like using her due to the loot advantage and being able to go around the map a lot easier, get to higher areas if you know how to use your tactic correctly, and a whole lot of things. My general favorite and my main is Fuse. Uh, like I said, he fits my playstyle the best. Uh, he is super versatile, so I can move, I, so I can adjust my playstyle and adjust him to how I want to play that day. And if he doesn't fit that, I have my other others I can lean back on. Okay, um, so up next, um, we're gonna talk about actually the community favorite legends. The top three picked legends are Octane, Wraith, and Bloodhound. Um, Octane, he's fast, he can get around the map easy, which I see why a lot of people like him and use him, because he is super, you can use him to get into tough places, you get in and out of fights and maneuver around the map a lot easier. With Wraith, you can dip in and out of fights, you can reposition, and you can take dam and you and times you cannot take damage with her tactical you can you can move around and basically do like a scout mission if you use her tactical correctly bloodhound is a it's a scout legend and he has a giant scan basically which tells you how many enemies are in the scan and where they're at as long as his ultimate war his vision goes gray and black and white with only the enemies being in red. The top, the, the community's least favorites are Seer, Crypto, and Rampart. Seer was introduced here recently, about two seasons ago. In season 10 now, yeah. Yeah, and he's, he, an easiest way to say it is he's basically a nerfed version of Bloodhound. But at the same time, he's in some ways more useful than Bloodhound as well. Um, he has basically a cylinder of focus, as I like to call it because it's basically what it is. 
does the same thing as the Bloodhound scan, except it tells you the health and shield amount the, the opponent has. And then his ultimate basically is just giant dome-like thing where if the enemy is run or ADS in the said area, they get detected and their first steps get detected if they walk or run. And if I remember right, back when he released, he was very overpowered and a high tier choice because I believe it, it was either his tactical or his ultimate that when it activated, it caused like a flashbang in your face that lasted a while, which caused seer players and their teammates to get a huge advantage drop on top of you. It was the ultimate. And then his tactical is also really handy. It's called heartbeat. And you ever, whenever you ADS, if there's an enemy nearby, um, it'll tell you what direction they're in. I won't tell you exactly, but in general, what direction. Um, Crypto, um, he's my he's my favorite scout legend, uh, so because uh, he he's very useful in a lot of situations, especially if you're the only one alive and your teammates are dead. Like you can only grab their banners. He can find somewhere to sit, go into his drone, go grab the banners, go find a respawn beacon. And bring his teammates back in without being in any risk. Rampart is one that I'm not sure why they're up higher on the list. Maybe it's because not a lot of people know directly how to use her. But she can deploy a cover, which when bullets go through it, they get extra damage and I think extra bullet velocity as well. And these shield and these covers can actually help you in very critical situations and then her ultimate is a minigun you can either hold it in your hands and go around for one magazine of it or you can deploy it where you have basically infinite ammo which is another reason why i don't understand why she isn't higher up on the list of uh personal picks for the community because uh Back when she released it, she wasn't originally allowed to carry her minigun, but then again, uh, with her walls, uh, the damage would stack. So you could stack all three walls in a row, and it would keep stacking through each wall. Now when you try to do that, it breaks two of the walls and only goes through one and stacks on top of one. Uh, they removed that, did the break two, stack on one idea, but they also made her very mobile. Due to her now being able to run around with her minigun, aka Sheila, and shoot people with it. Many people probably don't like it because of its high recoil, but once you master it, it can be deadly at any range. Uh, as Henry mentioned, it goes through, you can only carry it around for one magazine until you are forced to mount it. But once you mount it, you can shoot it, empty the magazine as many times as you want. It quite literally has bottomless ammo. And even with her passive, if the person likes to run LMGs, they get extra ammo in each mag. They also get a faster re uh, reload rate. Yeah, that too. And she is very, very useful in a lot of different situations. It just comes down to knowing how to play her right. So that has been the legends and the community favorites. Next, we are going to move on to the weapons. So as Henry said, next we'll be covering the weapons of Apex Legends. There is a few different weapon categories, being Assault Rifle, SMG, Sniper, Marksman Rifle, LMG, Shotgun, and Pistol. Uh, as well as Grenades, but we won't be covering those today. So, moving on, we will be talking about our top picks of each uh, weapon category. 
for mine, we are going to start off with the assault rifle category. My personal top pick is the Hemlock three round burst AR. Uh, the Hemlock is both a very popular and very hated weapon in Apex Legends, as well as it was in Titanfall. The Hemlock, as I said, was a three round burst rifle that has high damage per bullet, but a slower uh, rate of burst between burst. So you can't spam the burst as fast as you want to, but it can still be devastating at mid range or even close range. I wouldn't recommend it for long range unless you swip the rifle over into semi-auto, which can still cause some very hefty damage. Moving on to the SMG category, I have one of the newest weapons added to Apex Legends, uh, the Car SMG. This is a very special SMG in the sense it can take two different ammo types, both light and heavy ammo. This is the only weapon in the game that can do this, and it is very helpful if you like running both light and heavy weapon ammo, uh, ammo weapons due to it being able to take either. So you can stack up on both ammo types, and if you run out of one, you can switch to the other for the car SMG. For the sniper category, my personal pick would have to be the Longbow DMR. First I want to mention with this, why they put it in the sniper category, I am very confused on that. Because in Titanfall, it was originally in the Marksman category, as well as its name, the Longbow DMR. DMR standing for Designated Marksman Rifle. But anyways, now that that rant's over, this has to be my top pick because it is a semi-auto, high-powered sniper rifle. Uh, some would consider it the lowest-powered lowest sniper in the game. I wouldn't consider that. But then again, I have been messing with this thing since Titanfall 2. Uh, I love the rate on fire, uh, rate of fire. It feels very nice. You can down enemies in two shots, three if needed, which is no problem at all. As well as when you get a, a purple or gold extended mag on it, you get a 12 round magazine, which keep in mind for a sniper is pretty darn big. Moving on to the marksman rifles, we have my personal pick of the G7 Scout. This is another return from the Titanfall franchise, and it is a semi-automatic marksman rifle. Now, it does relatively moderate damage with a higher fire rate cap, so you can spam this thing pretty high and pretty hard at enemies if you would desire to. Uh, the different scope attachments allow you for either close range or longer range engagements. I know back in Season 0, you were originally allowed to add heavier sniper scopes to them, but they had removed that due to the G7 being one of the most popular options to basically uh, hit people from ranges you should not have been able to hit people with from uh, with this rifle. As well as the magazine size is, is pretty generous, especially after you get a purple or gold magazine. I believe it tops off somewhere between 18 and 22 rounds, I cannot remember exactly. But this weapon, just last season, has been recently moved into the care package, so it has gotten something uh, put back on it from a few seasons ago known as Double Tap Trigger. Uh, this hop-up that is now built into the G7 allows two fire modes other than semi-auto. So obviously you have the base semi-auto firing mode. But you also have this two round burst firing mode. 
If you know how to control the recoil between the two bullets of this firing mode, you can do some devastating damage. Especially if you know how to control it to hit one in the chest and one in the head. You can two burst anybody from any distance, even with a red Evo shield. Moving on to the LMG category, we have probably the most broken one in the game besides the Rampage, the Spitfire. Now, it saddened me to see this go into the care package a few seasons back due to it being my personal favorite. This is your typical squad heavy weapon LMG. You want to provide covering fire, this is the weapon to do it. With a fire rate cap that's between both the uh, Rampage and the Devotion mid-charge, it provides a decent rate of fire, high damage, great hit fire for an LMG, and when you get uh, Rampart paired it with this LMG, it gives you a 63 round magazine. Moving on to the shotguns, we have uh, another return from Titanfall, which it seems all of these have been a return from Titanfall so far, the Mastiff Shotgun. Uh, the special thing about the Mastiff Shotgun was it is one of the original care package weapons due to it being blankly overpowered back in the days. Uh, the Mastiff has another special attribute to it. Uh, it fires in a horizontal line. The pellets will shoot in a horizontal line, not vertical or anything else. This can cause very low damage hits if you're not ADSing or point blank with it. Uh, if you're trying to engage someone that is not right up in your business, I would recommend ADSing. But if you're close enough to barrel snuff them, go ahead and pull the trigger. You're going to do some hefty damage because it is 11 damage per pellet. Moving on to the pistol category, we have another return from Titanfall 2. I know, surprising, right? This uh, pistol is known as the Wingman, or as some people like to call it, the hand cannon. Uh, by default, it has a six round magazine that can usually drop a player between three to four shots. Normally two to the head if they have a lower Evo shield. Now, this is another one of those hated but loved pistols due to it being still a bit overpowered. It has received many, many nerfs over the past few seasons, but yet it's still one of the best ones to use due to its high damage, high accuracy, and fast rate of fire. So on to my favorite picks. Um, so for the assault rifle, I, I pass up the hemlock due to up close engagements, you can down someone really fast and even out far or mid range, you can still hit someone pretty fast with the semi-auto mode. Even if, you, if you just have a decent trigger finger, you can still get a lot of damage and pretty fast. In the SMG category, my favorite SMG is the Volt. Uh, this is the, this SMG has barely any recoil and barely any bullet drop. Um, it was moved into the care package this season, um, and also along with that, it's devastating up close. You can down someone really stupidly fast. And I have used it so much, I have gotten most of my SMG kills with it. Uh, next is um, the sniper category. My favorite is the Sentinel. This is probably the most basic, or if not, 
most well-known sniper in Apex Legends. Um, you can charge this with uh, two shield cells to have more damage. Max mag is seven, and you can hit someone for 70 for body. I don't remember the headshot. I know it's a decent amount of damage. Headshot, I believe, is between 140 and 160 due to the longbow headshot damage being 120. That's somewhere on there. And then um, also with the Sentinel, you can use it far out if you know how to properly use the gun. My favorite marksman is the 3030 repeater. With this, um, this is one of the chargeable guns with when you ADS, it'll have a short time to charge and it'll do higher damage if you just spam fired it. Along with it, this is one of the very few guns that have two hop-up attachments you can use for it. One of them being dual shell, which can be used for the 30-30 or the Mastiff, and the other one being shatter caps, basically turning it into a 12-round shotgun. And then my so and then for LMG, I have two um I go between. Usually depends on which situation I am in. Um if I'm wanting an LMG for up close or up close or mid mid if needed, I usually go with the devotion. Due to the with this LMG, you can charge it up and destroy a whole squad within a matter of seconds if you get it correctly. And even with this, you can go through Rampart covers pretty fast. You can go into a Gibby Dome and mud on the whole squad. And then if I'm going mid to far with an LMG, I like to use the Rampage. Um, it has really good... Um, far range hits and you can use it basically as the G7 if it was an LMG. Uh, you can also charge it with a thermite as well increasing the fire rate of the gun and when it's charged with thermite you can also break down doors and full on rush a team that doesn't expect it. My favorite shotgun is the Peacekeeper. This shotgun has the ability to um, choke it shot a lot more you can shorten the bullets you can strike the bullets spread a lot faster and it has the pellet spread of a star so you, and so you could have like it between their shoulders and get headshot damage as well as body damage and it can destroy someone in within two shots if you hit them correctly my favorite pistol is the RE45. This is an automatic pistol which can decimate people mid to close range. Uh, recently I got the hop up of hammer points which was originally on the P2020 in Mozambique only. With it having this hop up it has become a lot more powerful within the season causing a lot more people to run it. But before this hop up I still like to run it due to how how reliable this pistol was so next up we're gonna go over to hop-ups so hop-ups in the game of apex legends are basically little boosters to your weapon uh they can either increase damage damage to either a shield or no shield so base health they can uh turn a say a semi-auto or a burst weapon into 
uh, a different kind of fire mode, uh, stuff like that, as we'll be covering. My personal top three for hop-ups, the first one being the boosted loader. The reason why the boosted loader is my top pick is because it goes on both Hemlock and Wingman, two of my top favorite weapons. What the boosted loader does is once you reach a low mag size, but not completely empty, it grants you not only a faster reload speed, but as well as what is a boosted magazine, thus the name. It gives you a few additional shots to your weapon. I believe for the wingman, two additional shots, and for the hemlock, it grants you an additional two bursts, so an additional six rounds. Next up, we have Skull Piercer, which I really wish this one was in the game because it also goes on to two other of my favorites, the wingman and the longbow. What this did was drastically increase headshot damage. Uh, it would basically broke the game due to how powerful it was. When you put this on a wingman, you were dropping people almost instantly. And when you put this on a longbow, it took the headshot damage from 120 up to 150, if I remember correctly. Anvil Receiver. Uh, if I remember correctly, this one was... You would turn it onto uh, a gun semi-auto. It applied to the flatline in the R3. And when you turn your gun in the semi-auto, it had increased bullet damage. But the drawback of it being it ate two magazine per... Not two magazine. Two shot per uh, trigger pull. Which, honestly, for my... Uh, in my personal like ideals... That's completely fine, because I like running weapons semi-auto sometimes, and having that increased damage, even if it's eating two bullets per shot, isn't a big drawback for me. Um, my favorite three hop-ups are... The first one is Distributor Rounds. This was introduced early on in the game. It has been rare since, um, but Distributor Rounds, it, it would do increased damage to opponent's shields. With there being uh, so many shields in the game, this helped out a lot. And um, and when the alternator was in the care package last season, it had this attachment, this hop up on it, making it deal more damage through enemy shields. Um, with the heaviest shield capacity being 125, which granted that many extra hit points to a said legend, having distributed rounds on your gun helped get rid of that so easy um my next is hammer point rounds this deals extra damage to health uh once you break a shield you can swap to hammer point and decimate anyone if you hit all your shots um people like using this on the peak 120 and mozambique many of the mozambique deal do because it had a lot of damage output very easily and, and my last one is Shatter Caps. This made me love the 3030 even more due to me having basically a 12 round magazine. And the adjustment they made to it recently is um, on the guns that it can go on. If it's on there and you are ADS, it automatically goes to the gun's normal mode. But if you're using it as hip fire, it turns that gun into a shotgun, which can decimate anyone up close. My personal thoughts on that so-called buff is it's a good buff, 
But as a guy who likes to do challenges, I wanted to do a double 30-30 challenge, which have one 30-30 just for longer ranges, and then one 30-30 for a shotgun use, which I typically ADS with shotguns. So due to uh, me not being able to have that shotgun spread while ADSing is kind of a drawback for me. But for other users, it's very nice because uh, the original hit fire with 30-30 wasn't very good. So with this, it did help out the 30-30. And um, this hop-up would also go on the bow check as well, which was introduced last season? The bow check bow was introduced season 9. 9, yeah, that's right. And so with the bow check, you can easily just spam fire it, but due to that... It would consume a lot of your ammo for only dealing like 30, 40 damage each shot. So that was the drawback on using it on the bow check bow. So um, we're going to talk about the, each season and what hop-ups were in rotation during those seasons. In the first season, we had Turbocharger, which were on the Devotion and have which go on the Devotion and Havoc, which would increase the charge rate on these guns making them a lot more devastating and a lot more helpful uh, precision choke this hop up basically is what the peacekeeper and triple take already do um when the game started off these um it wasn't a natural thing for these guns to do so they added it into the game but they sooner or later switched it to be an automatic feature of the said guns. Um, it's the same thing with the next hop up, select fire receiver. This made the automatic guns can go into semi-automatic, which would help a lot faster and would be able to go a lot more. Well, if I remember right, the select fire receiver, wasn't that only on the Prowler and the Havoc? Um, I don't quite remember, but I want to say it was also on the R301 and Hemlock due to them because they because now they have that feature where you can switch yes okay so i think that's what guns they went on okay and then the last one is skull piercer we have already talked about this one so i don't need to go into any more detail uh next up we have two returning ones and actually a few more returning ones later in the list but for season two we saw both skull piercer and turbocharger make a comeback as well as the introduction of Distributor Rounds and Hammer Point. We also saw a uh, comeback of both Precision Choke and Select Fire Receiver. In Season 3, we received Anvil Receiver. Um, we have talked about this one before. And then uh, a comeback of the Turbocharger and a, the introduction of the Double Tap Trigger. And we saw the return of the Hammer Point Rounds. Precision Choke, and select, select Fire Receiver. Now, coming into Season 4, we finally saw a Turbocharger disappear, and Anvil Receiver, Double Tap Trigger, Hammer Point, Precision Choke, and Select Fire hop-ups all make a return back in Season 4. In Season 5, the Turbocharger's still out of rotation, but we still kept the Skull Piercer, Double Tap, Hammer Point, Precision Choke, and, and Select Fire Receiver in Season 5. Uh, moving on to Season 6, we saw a comeback once more of the Skull Piercer and making its quite literal 
legendary comeback is everybody's fan favorite, Turbocharger, as well as Double Tap, Hammer Point, and Select Fire. On uh, the next season, being Season 7, we saw the return of Skull Piercer, Turbocharger, Double Tap, and Hammer Point rounds with the introduction of the Quick Draw Holster. This hop-up went on to pistols, making it able to swap between the pistols a lot faster, and I think it reduced the reload time on them a bit as well, causing pistols being used a whole lot more. Moving on to Season 8, we saw a return of three legendary hop-ups, including Anvil Receiver, Skull Piercer, and Turbocharger, as well as Hammer Point and Quick Draw once more. In Season 9, uh, we saw the return of Anvil Receiver and Turbocharger, but in this season we saw the introduction of Deadeye's Tempo. If you fired the gun at a certain time, it would increase the fire rate of the said gun, and making it a lot more devastating as well. And last hop-up was the Shatter Caps. Uh, moving on to Season 10, we saw a introduction of my favorite, the Boosted Loader, as well as a comeback for Turbocharger, Deadeye, and Shattercaps. In Season 11, we saw the return of Boosted Loader, Turbocharger, Deadeye's Tempo, and the introduction of Dual Shell, causing you to load two bullets at once, and this reduced the reload time by half on the 30-30 in Mastiff. And then we saw the return of Shattercaps. Uh, so moving on to the most current season, Season 12. This is one of the seasons where we have seen the most hop-ups, including Boosted Loader, Turbocharger, Deadeye's Tempo, Dual Shell, Hammer Point, the introduction of a new one called the Kinetic Feeder, which applies to the Peacekeeper and the... Triple Take. The Triple Take Marksman Rifle where when you are sliding down a hill, it reloads ammo into the magazine. And upon that, if you were to ADS, it would reduce the choke time a dramatic amount. Where it is almost instant now, as well as the reintroduction of shatter caps. So next we're going to talk about care package weapons and how, more or less on how they work. This season's care package weapons are the Vault, the Spitfire, the G7 Scout, and the Kraber 50 Cal. The Kraber has been in care package all seasons because of how devastating it is. You only have 12 shots overall, but you can instantly knock someone with a headshot or deal 145 to chest. There's a reason why this has always been in the care package and probably won't leave unless they introduce another very powerful weapon. It's because of how Henry said how strong this thing is. And this was reintroduced from Titanfall, which was a normal weapon you could carry around whenever the heck you wanted. But they dramatically buffed it in the sense of insta-killing almost anywhere in the vast amount of damage. But they did nerf it from Titanfall in the sense you cannot ADS while reloading around anymore. With that, it did help control the weapon a lot more and have it being used by a lot less players. 
due to not due to you not being able to shoot with ADSing. The Volt was a ground new weapon until this season, and I probably the reason why they moved it into care package. Same thing with the Spitfire, how it was moved in, because of how how popular it was and how overpowered the gun would be in most people's hands because of how versatile the weapon was. And then the last one was the G7 Scout. It was probably placed in care package so it can become more so it can so more players can use it. Even then I don't see a lot of players pick it up with it being not one of their guns that they usually run. The last season the only change that was from this season to last season was the alternator was in care package instead of the volts. With the alternating care package, I would see this gun all around the place. Even with it being in care package, because it had distributed rounds on it, which helped increase the damage. And when the weapons go into care package, they get a damage buff due to them being rare to find. With the alternator, this meant it became a whole lot more devastating, and a lot more players tended to use it due to how overpowered it was. And then season, oh, season 10 was the triple take instead of the G7. And then the alternator was still in there. So Spitfire, Spitfire and Kramer. Yep. And then when the triple take was in there, they 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 only buffed it because that was the only thing they could really do. They they couldn't add any hop ups onto it. And then every other gun's the same way. I don't remember what was from season nine down. I do know back, I believe, in one of the earlier seasons when the Legend Horizon was introduced, they had moved the Prowler into the care package That's right. and added the Select Fire built into it. Which made the... It, so the Prowler is originally a five-run burst. And I like running it because I just, I just somehow become a god every time I wield it. There's also a very short burst delay as well as all the recoil is vertical. Yes, and so when it went to care package, you could select fire it to become automatic. And this made the Prowler a whole lot more devastating, a whole lot more because you could cause more DPS in a shorter amount of time, causing it to deal a whole lot more damage across the board. And then, do we... And then, so... Next, and so with care package weapons early on, like we said, the Mastiff was in there. Most of your ground loot weapons were in care package from the earlier seasons. At least a select amount of them were. And most weapons, actually no, all weapons that have been in care package have not been quote-unquote DLC weapons. So weapons that have been introduced later in the game's life cycle, they have all been weapons that were originally added in the game. Uh, there's also speculation that the Wingman next season will be moved into the care package, which if this is the case, the only weapon I could see being fair to move out would be the G7. However, I would like to see the Rampage be moved in and the Spitfire be moved out. And well, and then if the Spitfire is moved out, I can see a clear nerf to that gun, making it do a lot less damage or decrease the fire rate on it somehow. I do know they decreased the fire rate, I believe, by 10 or 15 rounds a minute from yeah. early seasons. From early seasons because of how broken it was. They have also decreased the... They've increased the hit fire spread. 
So yeah, if they were the nerf it, I would hope it's a small damage buff and nothing that makes it completely unviable. Yeah, I'd say damage nerf is the best thing they could probably do with it if they do move it up. So since we're on the topic of weapons, uh, we're going to talk about care package weapons. This season, which is season 12, uh, the care package weapons are the Vault, Spitfire, G7 Scout, and the Kraber. As we all know, Kraber's been in the care package for every season, because it's the most broken gun in Apex. As headshot knocks, instantly knocks someone. The G7 actually was a gun used actually by a lot of people. It it was very it's very versatile in the way you use it. It can be used at any range. Uh, in the earlier seasons, it uh, when you were able to put any sight on any gun you wanted. People would put like the 4.8 sight and the 4.10 sight on the G7 and hit shots you were not supposed to hit with the G7. As well as the, I believe the 4 to the 10 times Digi Threat Sniper Scope people would also throw on there, which made it practically an overpowered beast. Think of it like the longbow, but with a faster fire rate and slightly lower damage. It basically melted people from ridiculously long ranges. And with the Spitfire, that when the Spitfire was ground loot, it ran across fields like it was nothing. Uh, before it got thrown in the care package, they tried to nerf it a little bit. Uh, they nerfed the damage by, I believe, one or two. I think it was two, and then they also increased the hip fire. The hip fire spread. Yep. Because people running around hip firing this at close range. And uh, hip fire spread in Apex is already very good as it is, but when you had a at max 55 round LMG that was hard hitting that you could hit fire like it was an SMG, there was a bit of a problem. But they had also nerfed the uh, rate of fire from I believe it was. Uh, I think they reduced it by 10 or 20 percent. Yeah, it might it have was, been 15. Probably it was probably it was a 15. Big reduction to the. Uh, rate yeah, of fire. and even then, it's still, even in care package, it runs across fields. And then, um, my favorite SMG, the Volt, it's, it's there, it was replaced by, it's replacement for the alternator, which is not ground note again, so the Volt is another one of those guns that Apex is trying to kind of balance, but, so most energy weapons do not have a drop-off at all because they're plasma so the volt was one smg that you could use at any range doesn't matter as long as you hit your shots you can kill someone pretty fast and with it being care package it just made that even it just made the gun even more deadlier and with whenever someone runs up you in the volt you either have you have like a 20 to 50 percent chance of winning depending on how the player is the volt is in my opinion even when it was still ground loot, probably one of the most overpowered SMGs, because it was the perfect mix between the the uh, R99 as well as like the car. If you had, if like those two SMGs had a baby, and it was an energy-based weapon, that's basically what it is. Uh, I've seen some pretty insane shots hit with this thing, because as Henry mentioned, uh, basically no drop off, if any, on in this energy weapon. So, yeah, it's an overpowered SMG. 
I'm glad it got moved to the care package because I'm not seeing it, but as soon as you come up against someone who has it, you might as well just quit back to the lobby. Yeah, and then, as we all know, the most overpowered sniper in the game, the Kraber, is still in there. I've seen insane shots with it recently. I, I've noticed, actually, a lot more people are getting used to the Kraber, which is incredibly scary. <laughs> I've seen some crazy shots and hit some pretty decent shots with it. It's just all about learning the drop-off and how much you have to lead on a target at certain ranges. Uh, the Kraber, though, does have the worst hit fire in the game, but even then, it is still pretty good. Uh, I've seen some insane hit fire shots hit with this, which is pretty scary. Because, I mean, if you have, like, a Pathfinder with his grapple ability, mm -hmm. grappling around a corner and you just get smacked in the face with a Kraber shot by a hit fire. Dude, I've... I even victim of those. I wasn't even mad. <laughs> it's pretty enraging. Uh, there was talk there for a while about two things with the Kraber. The first one being uh, being able to switch out different sites on the Kraber, so you get to have a close quarters combat site on the Kraber. Uh, why you'd want to use this in close quarters, I don't know, but I mean, props to you if you could maniacs out there <laughs> as well as wanting to switch it out with another sniper for ground loot if if the kraber was ever ground loot it would break the game simple as that the only way they could possibly balance this is well with every other care package weapon when it's put into the care package it has uh the magazine is fully upgraded max ammo uh so theoretically the kraber ground loot would have one shot and then when you have purple and gold mag, it would have its four shots, which would still be pretty overpowered, but they would have to nerf the damage quite a bit. A whole lot. Like, they would have to at least make it, like, they still have to make it stronger than Sentinel, because we all know Kraber's always going to be stronger than Sentinel. But they would also have to, like, bum the damage under, like, 100 per, per body shot, and maybe, like, 150, 160 to headshot. What they would have to do is probably make it the in-between of a longbow and a sentinel because they would have to up the rate of fire to and the reload speed to compensate for the low da lower damage. But have it be that uh, perfect keep the enemy at range sniper. Whereas like the sentinel is that perfect mid-range sniper and the longbow. It just all depends on who uses it. Uh, that can typically be your all-range, versatile sniper rifle. Oh, uh, and then we have the charge rifle. We don't talk about that. Uh, the only hit-scan weapon in the game, uh, if you use it, you're typically going to be hated on. It's not my favorite. It You can only equip like two things on it. Uh, it's kind of a BS weapon because... If you use it, it sucks, but if you come across a pro using it, they're hitting headshots with that dang thing all day long. I will never pick that gun up. I, I urge us to use it, because it just, I, it never is good in my hands. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those weapons, It as soon as you find something else to switch it out with, you're going to be switching it out for something else, especially if you find a Sentinel, or say, Kraber. Yeah, uh, I would personally also switch it out for a P2020. I will take a base P2020 over the charge rifle any day of the week. So moving on, we're going to be talking about the Battle Royale maps of the game. Uh, Battle Royale is one of two modes that is in the game 
that you can play. Uh, typically, there's only two maps in rotation for a season. This is the first season we have seen three. In the current rotations, we have Kings Canyon, Storm Point, and Olympus. Olympus has seen a little bit of a rework this season. Uh, there's also new points of interest, new areas. Um, one of these new areas, it's called uh, Phase something. Phase Driver? Phase Driver, yeah. And in this area, it's the first time Apex has ever done this type of deal. And this year, we're talking about Flight Night. But so in Phase Driver, you can go up and hit a button, and it'll drop through the, through the balls. Like you'll see, like the drones in World's Edge carrying, or like the the balls you'll see in Fight Night, it drops those, and you can get legendary purple and blue. It's usually one of each per drop. If you get two legendaries, you can, it's pretty lucky to do that. You can get the number of bravery items, and. When you do drop phase driver, this is one area you stay for a while and you leave only when you have to. I've had a couple matches where uh, the second, the last final circle would hit or even final circle and we're still sitting there, me and my uh, trio, and we're just going at it, keep dropping stuff. And by the time we leave and finally go over to fight some squads, even though sometimes a squad will drop in and we'll just wipe them real quick. We'll go off and finally fight a squad, and all of our stuff will be fully kitted. Legendary, everything. Gold and purple, everything. We're basically set to go. And if Circle lands on there, we have a healing items laying everywhere, ammo laying everywhere. It's just the perfect place to land if you want some quick hide here loot for your entire squad. Yeah, and then we have some other places underneath, like they have Terminal, which is underneath the... Basically, giant wraith portal, and then we and then some we works around the map, like some like in between portal items, and then you can go around. And there's some areas that you'll that they're new, but they're not marked on the map. And even then, the map has had a lot of change to it. Even people hasn't realized it, and it's probably honestly better for Olympus honestly this season than it was in the past seasons and then we have storm point which was introduced last season which is our newest br map me personally storm point i it's a love-hate relationship uh i like certain parts of the map i like uh wall and what's the fishing area oh it's uh it's it's, it's just fishery basically yeah it's a fishery area yeah uh, basically what it's called another place i like to land is antenna that's got some pretty decent loot typically and, and with storm point is also another uh, thing apex introduced is having ai enemies and you have your prowlers which we've seen in the past uh they're at trials in world's edge and then the new ai enemy from last season with is spiders uh, when you go to these areas, um, you can go there, you can kit up your guns by killing the crawlers or spiders, and then whenever you clear said nests or areas, you get crafting materials, so you can go to like a replicator and craft what you even want and get points that way. At the same time, upgrading your own guns and maybe getting ammo and just some healing items in general as possible as that as well. 
as well as with the prowlers and spiders dependent on the gun you use it will drop uh ammo and attachments for that gun type so if you say you kill them with a r301 which is a light assault rifle it will drop barrel stabilizers light extended mags stocks sights and light ammo uh for the instance of the car SMG, it will drop both light and heavy extended mags because again, you can use both stabilizer, stock, sight, but it will drop both light and heavy ammo because it can go through and cycle with both. And then we have everyone's beloved map that's changed so much over the years. Kings Canyon, uh, this map has seen changes from areas leaving us uh, like Thunderdome because uh, when Lobo was introduced, she blew that up because Mervinance, all of his bots were down there. So she blew up Thunderdome, and we got the replacement of Salvage. And we also lost Skulltown in that explosion as well. I was sad to see Skulltown go. It was one of my favorite places to land and fight because it had a lot of close quarters and even long range during certain sites. Um, I was happy to see Skulltown come out as an arena's map, I'm, and I wanted to come back so bad. Uh, they had it for the... They only had it for Season 10 for a limited time, which really made me sad. Uh, it was my favorite arena's map, and this is going to go off topic real quick, but there was this line of sight right down the middle of the map that if you were pretty good at sniping, you would be able to crack an enemy shield first shot and make them waste all of their healing items right off the bat. Oh, and, and so with King's Canyon, like we've seen changes. Um, the most recent town takeover is currently in King's Canyon being caustic treatment. And a lot of people land there. If it's, if the sh dropship's going right over it, you'll see like half the lobby drop there. I've seen certain cases where during these town takeovers, especially in Kings Canyon, uh, if a dropship goes right over or pretty dang near a hot drop or a town takeover, basically the whole lobby's gone. You'll be able to go loot the entire map while you just see the entire lobby die. Uh, well, and another reason why Cosmic Treatment's so popular is you'll get the four guaranteed gold items for your squad that can change the whole situation of a fight doesn't get any of the gold weapons and get any gold item which that's really helpful and then even then you get a lot of loot there anyways because you pull back section you have like the little outskirt loot up front and you have the building itself providing a lot of loot adding to the fighting advantage depending where you land as what weapons you'll get and the items you'll get in that as well as with king's canyon we saw a lot of stuff blowing up because uh, when Fuse was introduced... When Fuse was introduced, we got the new location, Crash Site, and Spotted Lakes. Uh, throughout here, uh, near Crash Site, you can see the Salvo symbol due to Mad Maggie burning it into the ground. And as well as we got the introduction of Explosive Holds. And these brought a whole nother thing to the game, because it brought more usage with grenades because you had to go use a grenade in the control panel to open them up. Which made grenades a lot more useful, but only in King's Canyon unless you're playing a character like Fuse 
or you're just used to using it and more trying to do area control. And so with the interesting fuse, we saw that uh, Kings Canyon, I think, has been the most changed map out of all of the maps. Besides, well, probably alongside World's Edge. Yeah, probably besides World's Edge, because Crypto did blow up the one area. Uh, and speaking of World's Edge, we'll move on to that map next. Uh, this is probably my... Oh, I don't know. It's probably my first or second favorite map. Uh, I very much enjoy the cargo bots that fly around, which are basically little loot boxes. Uh, what you'll do is you'll shoot them out of the air. And mentioned with Phase Driver from Olympus, the loot boxes it drops can vary between blue and gold. Uh, except with the cargo bots, you have to time it right. If you shoot it within certain times, it will drop either gold, purple, or uh, gold. Gold, purple, or blue, loot. Um, easiest way to explain it, it's, so, and, so I'm gonna go backtrack here a little. In certain point, we have, in certain point in Kings Canyon, we have these things called flyers. You'll see them around the map, and they'll be holding death boxes. Basically, the cargo bots are the same thing, just nerfed, basically. And, like I said, with the timing, you can get legendary items, purple items, or blue items. And as well as if you're going after a certain cargo bot, if they have red things on them, this is an indication to Volt Keys. Uh, World's Edge is one of the maps that have volts in it. It has a total of four in the four corners of the map. And with the Volt Keys, you can go in, and these are incredibly useful to get. And that's you get the rare sucky ones. I've had a few vaults that contained mainly only blue and purple items, which really sucked. Uh, I think the best vault I ever opened up, though, it had three gold knockdown shields. So basically resurrection shields for the entire squad, which was really nice. Yeah, and then so the only other map we've seen with a type of vault is Olympus on Icarus. With the bridge key, as it's called. Yeah, I keep forgetting about Icarus. I don't land there very much. So, and then, yeah, then with World's Edge, we have one town takeover in that map, remember, right? Because we've, we've had Mirage Voyage, which that's in now a Arena's map, a Party Crasher. But uh, the one town takeover that's persisted in there. It's called Trials. Um, this is Bloodhound's town takeover, and this is where AI enemies were first introduced. Uh, trials is a pretty good area of land. You get some pretty decent purple and gold loot after you complete the trials. But because if you you can land on top, and there's a few uh, loot bins to open up to get some ammo and weapons and stuff. Uh, basically, if you just go straight and start and loot as you go fighting the prowlers. There is a high probability you are going to come out either very damaged or dead. But you also have to be careful because if a enemy squad sees you land there, they are more than likely going to camp the exits and entrances. I've had a few cases where I've had like Watsons and Caustics block up the entrances so I couldn't get out and just traps me there. Yeah, uh, Trials is... It's always a hidden miss area. It's... Very much like caustic treatment, but within its own way. Um, World's Edge is 
has probably seen a lot of changes due to the variety the map holds. You can go from a snowy area to burning hot to normal plains to mountains. A map has so many different areas in it. It's so much different terrain. It's probably the most versatile map Apex has at their disposal. And due to this map having those many areas, the reason why we see it's on par with changes on Kings Canyon with Kings Canyon is because how much it has changed over the years as long as with Kings Canyon. Yeah, so when it comes to map changes, Kings Canyon and World Edge have definitely had the most. Obviously, Storm Point hasn't really seen any. Really, the only change was when they were teasing Mad Maggie when her, part of her ship crashed into uh, the shoreline. And then with Olympus, yes, Olympus, we've seen some map changes. It basically got completely reworked this season, but it still hasn't had nearly as many changes as World's Edge and Kings Canyon has. But if I remember correctly, those are the two maps that have been around the longest. Kings Canyon has been around the longest. Um, uh, you'll even hear some dialogue from even some characters, one of them being Gibby. He'll go by Salvage or some of those areas and say, Boy, do I miss Thunderdome. And he'll like, say something about Thunderdome because he's, he's one of the characters that have been in the games the longest due to him being in the Thunderdome. As well as some characters may reference the loved and long-gone Skulltown. Uh, it's kind of sad to see sometimes, but as a game develops and goes on, you have to make these changes to keep the crowd interested. But I honestly, personally, would like the, the developers to find a way with uh, Kings Canyon to somehow return Skulltown. Even if it's just some sort of another town takeover having it return, or even seeing Skulltown back in the arena's rotation. Yeah, it's, it's... King's Canyon is probably the community's favorite map, by far, from any other map. With King's Canyon, there are a lot of, like, references and content that came from Titanfall, I've noticed. Especially when King's Canyon was a arena's map. It looked very much similar to a Titanfall 2 multiplayer map that I used to play on a lot. I can't remember the name, but it does have a lot of feeling towards the Titanfall games, which I very much appreciate. Yeah, the one thing I realized is Apex does keep on hooking in the Titanfall community due to it being a kind of same in being in the same universe and being kind of a sequel to the series but not really due to only one character two technically in the lore but these two are from uh timefall 2 being ash and blisk we've seen these two the most in trailers and that and these two are the only characters that we've seen from the timefall series and with King's Canyon, you'll see a lot of the buildings referencing back to Titanfall games due to them having the same structure-wise and a lot of the same doors. And then as well as other characters referring back to the Titanfall franchise, like Valkyrie with her uh, father being Viper, one of the Apex mercenaries. Uh, Mirage, if I remember right, his two uncles were uh, pilots for... 
It wasn't the militia. It was the IMC. Oh no, it was the militia. It was the militia because they yeah. were fighting against the IMC. Yep, and then we know Bangalore. Um, she served for the IMC along with her brother, and we've seen plenty of war with her come across recently with her brother and the love triangle of Lobovok and Bangalore. And we've seen more or less Loba pick in which one she wants. And then back to Mirage real quick with the whole IMC thing. The way I found out the Apex Legends game was a spin-off and a continuation of the Titanfall series was the very first trailer with Mirage saying, as soon as the trailer opens, it says, ever since the liberation from the IMC. Uh, as soon as I heard that, I thought we were about to get Titanfall 3. It did not turn out to be that, but uh, Apex Legends has not disappointed to continue on this franchise. Not at all. And even then, they still continue on the series. Um, I, I know the community would like to see some uh, some returns of certain characters, one of them being Jack Cooper. Um, if he's ever brought into the games, it, it would it's going to be interesting seeing how he would be introduced. But seeing how the recent leak that happened, I don't see him coming in anytime here soon. So, because we have basically the next three years of content on the way. Yeah, that was completely all leaked from Respawn. We had three years worth of Legends, a new BR map, I believe an Arenas map, and like three or four weapons leaked. Four of them, two of them I think being LMGs. Let's see, we had the Hailstrom leaked, a fully automatic, like almost crossbow looking weapon, which I'm very excited for. The Nemesis Burst uh, Energy Assault Rifle a energy-based uh, pistol, and I believe there was one more. Uh, I know there was a light ammo LMG. That is the Maelstrom. Yes. So I believe there was only four, so we are yeah. seeing a pistol, another AR LMG, as well as a new uh, bow-type weapon, which I'm very excited to see come out because we are lacking bow-type weapons. We only have one of them right now, and even then... If you know how to use this bow up and you are considered one of the better players of Apex due to the bow being hard to use in general. Back when it first released, it was a very good weapon. It hit hard, fired fast. Now they kind of nerfed it to take that away, but I still enjoy it. I find it to be a favorable weapon to use sometimes for fun. Just all depends on your playstyle. So moving on, we have Evo Shields. But not every Evo Shield, because that would just be a little counterintuitive. So, the two Evo Shields we're going to be talking about is Red Evo versus Gold Evo. Uh, the first thing I would like to point out about these are when you're picking them off, up off the ground, the Red Evo is, well, Red Evo Shield, and the Gold is marked as Gold Body Shield. I just thought that to be a little interesting. Uh, attention to detail kind of thing. I don't know if they meant to do that or if someone just got lazy or what it was, but I think it's a nice little thing to look at. Um, as long with this, the red evil shield is only obtainable by getting a purple shield and doing the amount of damage you need to evolve the shield to red. 
and it can absorb 125 damage before breaking and finally taking uh, damage from your health bar. The gold Evo cannot be crafted or upgraded. It can only be found on the ground, and it can absorb 100 damage points, but here's the catch. With minor heals like syringes and shield cells, it gives a double like a double buff buff to it in that which i mean uh it doubles the amount being healed which can be very useful in a tight situation so the syringes and shield cells usually heal 25 but with the gold evil they heal 50 and even with a weapon called the sentinel we you can see shield cells being used for this to charge it up it actually reduces the amount of shield cells you use to charge this weapon up, making the Gold Evil and Sentinel a wonderful pairing if you do run the Sentinel. Uh, some people, specifically to run right Redmore, due to them having specific loadout or something along that. And at the same time, the Gold Evil depends on your play style. Usually, the community differs between the two. Uh, most of the community prefers red, and the other part of the community prefers the gold all comes down to play us all on that part or just personal preference i prefer gold but i also like being able to stack a lot more smaller uh heal items because in the long run it is a little more beneficial but say uh trying to do two shield cells versus one shield battery the battery will be faster but it also takes up more room in your inventory and you can only carry two. As we're uh, shield cells, you can carry four at a time in one stack. Personally, with me, how I, I, I have a backpack loadout, I typically go for, usually with blue backpack. Um, I I tend to lean towards the red Evo shield due to how my backpack style is and due to how I play the game. So that's that top. Next, we are going to be talking about Arena's maps. Uh, we've already touched a bit on top of this when we were talking about BR maps. Like, we've talked about Howler with Skulltown, and even uh, Party Crasher, which is, I think, in rotation this season. Yeah. The only Arena's map that I believe isn't in rotation is Skulltown. Yeah. Which honestly sucks, but... Well, off a deal, and then um, so we've we have other the four other maps, which are Overflow. This one was released last season. Uh, this one is a lava-based map with some. You know, this is clear. You can have clear. You can see the clear references back to Titanfall Two. Uh, you you can look at it and see the similarities. It's. Uh, it's like one of it's like one of the missions in the campaign. I don't know which mission. It's it is. one of the almost end game missions. Yeah. Uh, when you're trying to uh, get BT back at the end there during the campaign, uh, this map does come from the BR map. Uh, mm mm. Yeah, oh, flows not from BR. If I remember right, it's from uh, a world's Ed part of world's edge. Because I know it is based from one of the BR maps. It's based off of World's Edge, but it's not from World's Edge. Um, and then we have Party Crasher. Yeah, we all know that one. I personally love it. Party Crasher is... It's a good one, but if you get stuck in certain situations, you're screwed. You're, you definitely want to have the high ground 
and, in this map. And I, and I will say Fuse is one of the great characters to have on this map. Then again, most survey legends are just great to have on the map. Well, Fuse, well, Fuse isn't even a survey legend. That's the weird part. I keep forgetting that because his mother load does a scan. Yeah, his mother load does do a scan, but he's a attack legend. And so, but he's really handy because of his knuckle clusters. People usually on, so on either side, people usually hide behind the curve and duck behind them. Yeah. On the Mirage Voyage side, over on that side, it's really handy on that side. That's one of my favorite sides of the map. So, because on that side, I can easily crack shields with knuckle clusters. I've cracked shields and I've wiped teams just with knuckle clusters on that map. And then, so we have Habitat 4. Which is our newest introduction. Um, most people didn't like it because of how open it was. Because, like, basically anywhere in the map you can see each other unless you were behind something. And myself was included in this, but I've started to groan on it. I like the open sights of the left side of the map, but I also really like the close quarters of the right side. And you get into some pretty interesting engagements when either team's on both sides, and you just have shots being fired down the middle of the map. And even then, you can run any weapon on this map and be fine. This, this map is... It's helpful to a lot of different legends. It doesn't pick a specific type of legend to use. Though survey legends are pretty darn good, or legends that have some sort of scanning ability, but or if you decide to rush the close quarters and stay in that area, you're probably going to want some sort of attacking legend that has... Even then, having a survey legend early on, like a Bloodhound or a Seer, isn't even that bad. Yeah. Uh, Fuse is a really good one. You can launch those knuckles into those tight corridors or even just the open. Uh, drop his mother load. You're guaranteed to at least hit someone for a few. Uh, Valkyrie, she's pretty good, especially trying to hit, hit some enemies across the map with her missiles. Uh, Gibby with his bombardment. Bangalore can basically level the entire map. So, uh, another map is Encore. I believe this one came in Season 10. Either late Season 10 or early Season 11. Uh, I think Encore came with Seer. Not my personal pick, honestly. This map does favor movement legends a lot. Um, the amount of times I went against movement legends on this map, it's... I can tell that it does a lot of different things. You also don't want to use medium range weapons. You're either using long range or close range. There's no in between on this map because there isn't exactly that medium range engagement. You're either staying back and hitting enemies for high damage or you're up close in their face with an R9 trying to blow their face off. There's, uh, there's no in between. Um, then you have Phase Runner. There's two sets of this map. It's either you're in close quarters or mid-range on the one side, and you're trapped there until you leave the area. And then you have the other side where you have to actually walk to it. The boulders in the middle tend to act as a ground point for most fights, especially on the right side of the map. 
where all the industrial stuff is away from the phase runners. This tends to be where most teams pick their fights. You'll have a team up on the boulders in the rock area, and then you'll have a team in the industrial area fighting it out. Uh, the team who comes down from the rocks tend to be wiped because then they have to come out into the open, but they do have vehicles and other trees they can hide behind. But if you are playing against a squad who knows how to track you, you're basically done for. And even then at that, most fights, you may use the the icon until they come try to rush the icon from you. And even at that point, you can take it off of them pretty fast. Uh, the next map is... Which map do we want to talk about now? We have... I know there's another one. So we did Encore, Party Crasher, Overflow, Phase Runner, Habitat 4, Skulltown. Was that all of them? That's all of them. Yeah, so... Yeah, that's all the Arena's maps. So that was, that's, I think that's everything I've listed here. Well, folks, this has been another great episode of J-Rags Talks with my new special co-host, Henry Pascal, a.k.a. Hank. I will see you all next time. Signing off.